Talyn, I hate to say it, but your previous crew were a bunch of f***ing idiots. You're one of the most brutally efficient, distant people I have ever met. Really? What was your captain's name? Soko. Man, f*** Captain Soko. What, you saved their lives so he kicks you off the ship? Where's the logic in that, huh? It does seem like a disproportionate response to a minor character flaw. There is no character flaw! Can you imagine anything more Vulcan than Bendai Syndrome? Hello? I mean, Spock's dad had it and he was Vulcan as a motherfucker. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Garnigan, with me, stripping off our formal attire to reveal fancy spy-fighting sexy attire are... Adam Bowen. And Reed Dressler. I realize that I don't have the notes open. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Adam had the notes open, the thing he'd be saying right now is, Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we will be sharing a recap of the fourth episode of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks, Empathological Fallacies. And Adam, do you know what comes next? I do know what comes next. Uh, follow us on social media. That's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and threads, maybe. Sometimes. Yeah, it's we, we, there, we forget. It's there. Uh, <laughs> tell your friends about the podcast and make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. And just so everyone is aware, we will be spoiling both New Trek and Old Trek, so just be prepared for spoilers all around. And as Adam was supposed to mention, but I actually mentioned a few moments ago, we we're going to talk about the episode and pathological fallacies. It's the fifth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It first aired on the 28th of September 2023. It was written by Jamie Loftus. It was directed by Megan Lloyd. And there is no star date on uh, Memory Alpha. I wasn't paying enough attention to tell you if there was a star, tra- star date in the episode. I feel Here's like the- star- star Trek has just been not mentioning star dates a whole lot. Uh, I don't I feel like we used to always get star dates and then it's it frustrates me. It must be this like this must be why people hate uh, new Trek, as they call it. It's, it's, it's going to say dates. it's literally unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. Here's the, uh, here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. The hedonistic outlook of a Betazoid delegation infects the crew. That's a lie. Uh, but... Uh, spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, spoilers, yeah. exactly. See, we warned you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we always start with our strange new takes. Crew, which of you has a strange new take for me? Well, Read your uh, first on the list. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I forget about this part. And uh, I just don't have enough hot takes on life, I'm afraid. Um, so I'm just going to unfortunately skip the, the life one. Uh, this time. Next time. Next time. It's yeah, okay this time. Too. Next time. I, one free. You know what? That's my strange take. I should be allowed to have as many passes on the on the take as i want uh, i feel like that's cheating i feel like that's cheating the strange new takes that's my that's my it's strange and it's new um and as for the you know the episode uh is it a take to say i absolutely love the hat that says romulan ale o'clock somewhere <laughs> 
And then, you know what? My take is that that should have been in Star Trek way before Lower Decks, and I hope they bring it back. Yeah. If, if that's not on the store already, uh, <laughs> they are missing out on some revenue. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my strange new take for life is that it is always difficult to remember, but very important for in life to have a moment when you're faced with a complex decision involving a bunch of choices to know when the moment is that the continued deliberation is costing you more than just going with one of the choices. Mm. Uh, I was recently texting with somebody and I had like, uh, you know, this is like at work. And so it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, how should I word this or that? And there was a moment where I was like, this is taking too long. I don't care what their reaction to this. It can't be more than me wasting a half hour on this message. So remember that that is a thing that happens in life sometimes and just make the choice. It's okay sometimes. On this episode, um, I was very like surprised with how grounded, to use Reed's word from earlier, Lower Decks is getting. We are getting like very normal episodes of Star Trek in many ways. And there's hijinks, don't get me wrong. But these are like, mm -hmm. I mean, like, this was kind of a subplot in a TNG episode, right? Like the one with Bendai syndrome and Star Sarek. Like this literally happened in, in an episode of TNG. Yeah, there have they have snuck a few of these in, into here where it's just like, wait, this is just a, an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Like you, you don't even necessarily have to change all, all that much. I, I feel like the one that that felt the most like that to me was the um, uh, the one where they removed the hull of the ship. Uh, like I almost don't even remember any jokes from that episode because yeah. that, that one was just good uh, and could have been yeah in TNG season eight or whatever. Even with the comedy, they they do seem to be less almost cartoony, which is funny because it is a cartoon. So it's fine mm -hmm. that it, but but it is yeah. More grounded. Uh, let's see. For the for for real life, uh, I think my uh, yeah, I'll 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 mention it. So so uh, I I spent a long time uh, uh, along with many other people anticipating the game Starfield uh, coming out, and uh, had kind of I like I kind of understand some of the the mixed feelings uh, about it and whatnot, but. Uh, I've gotten far enough into it where, like, uh, I don't know. I'm more impressed with the writing than I was expecting to be. Uh, it's not that's not really been Bethesda's thing to have like writing that I enjoy, uh, at at least since Morrowind, because I'm uh, an old person and uh, <laughs> want want everyone to play the the game from 2001 that is uh, certainly unplayable to almost anybody now. I found it unplayable. Uh, when I tried to play it back in the day, like right before yeah, it, it's... <laughs> uh but but there's there's so much good lore in that in that game. But uh but anyhow, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff in Starfield where it's just like I'm just having like deep conversations with my friends and uh uh it's it's enjoyable for for that kind of thing. Uh as for the episode, um I don't know. I've I've hinted that I would like to introduce a new rating system for myself, and uh, to spare to spare Notch, uh, I'm just going to to introduce what I would rate it uh, if I only had the two the two choices, whether it's a good episode or a bad episode. Uh, and this one's a bad episode. 
Uh, so oh. let's let's go. Oh, all right, yeah. God damn! <laughs> Shit! Ah, uh, you know, every now and then I have to earn our like explicit tag on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast, and and you just made me do that. All right, I, well, I'm okay. really interested by that take, and Jesus, okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. Can, can we continue? At this point, like, do we have anything hard. to say? I don't so, know. <laughs> maybe there is nothing more to say to you, and I'm just gonna have the like dismiss from Zoom button. And... <laughs> all right, well, uh, let's get started. Uh, all right, so this episode, I don't think it makes sense to like drain the story, but essentially, just to give the quick overview for those of you who are watching, you know, listening to this out of order, and so maybe you haven't watched it. A bunch of Betazoids show up as part of a diplomatic delegation. People on the ship start going nuts. All of this is interspersed with Talyn kind of reading a diary, kind of like Data's day, kind of narrating her life. Mm. And then um, we find out that basically they're getting sick because of Talyn's Bendai syndrome. She's she's pushing her emotions onto other people, much like Sarek did in TNG. At the end, we realize that these Betazoids are actually... Spot Betazoid spies and our crew band together to defeat them and prevent the Cerritos from going through the neutral zone. All right. So um, I think I'm going to start where with the most important part of the episode where we learned that the Cassians hunted the Betazoids for food. <laughs> felt like that came out of, maybe I'm wrong, but that felt like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't absolutely. even know like the Cassians lived near the Betazoids. Like, yeah. Yeah, we kind of haven't had a. Uh, I suppose the Rakations. Have we have we confirmed that the Cations are the cat people in the original series, or is it just sort of assumed? Uh, Aren't that they that's... even in the animated? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean, I'm at the animated yeah, series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think those are the same. Yeah, I. I, I, I at the very least, we've been assumed. I just I can't remember if we actually had said the word Cation uh, back then, or if it just sort of that. Uh, it, if they're not the same people, then uh, it it felt like uh, we're only seeing them now because that maybe they're close to the Delta Quadrant uh, because uh, that's that's sort of like when we we saw the Cation in um, in Prodigy, but uh, but yeah, I, I guess they must be near Beta Z instead. <clears throat> so throughout this episode. Our cat doctor is chasing after the Betazoids, like, with increasing levels of, like, hunger and actual, like, bloodlust, basically, of eating <laughs> their flesh. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. The other thing that happens early in this episode is Rutherford push, puts the security team onto Boimler, who make him do slam poetry <laughs> and <laughs> playing, like, puzzle games and tarot cards with the puzzle being the malcolm reed puzzle yeah, of course of, of has to enterprise be. has great. to be uh yeah it was fantastic and, and boimler's basically like why are these security people so boring don't you do anything fun and like the kicker here is we realize that they were that they do something fun so this is one of the reasons i thought this episode was freaking fantastic adam yeah. Uh, yeah no, is that no. we learned that the security aren't just looking out for the crew in terms of their physical well-being, but also their mental well-being. And mm -hmm. that was really sweet. 
They have an expansive view. Yeah, I will will absolutely give that this episode did move us forward in in crucial Star Trek Don't give me anything. You can fight me. It's okay. No, but but the thing is, it, it doesn't make it a good episode just because they like mentioned a couple How of dare things. you? <laughs> so I, I think it makes it a good episode, though, in that it's perfectly dramatized. So Boimler, we already know Boimler wants to be cool. He wants to be like his action figure of Kirk. So, of course, the best conflict for him is to be in the coolest group and doing lame things like slam poetry. No offense to anyone that plays slam poetry. You know, the the, the puzzle, the tarot. It gave me flashbacks to college, for sure. <laughs> it, it's supposed to be kind of this muted thing, and he's clearly getting frustrated, and their joy at the games makes it all the funnier for him. But then it pays off at the end, and you have this amazing line where they're, like, uh, trying to read a security, you know, mind, And they say, how are you so relaxed? And they say, slam poetry, where soul meets the mind. So that all of that conflict would then pay off in that scene at the end. It's just one of the examples, I think, of what this episode did really well. So I got to just pick up on something Adam said a moment ago. Slam poetry has not played as much of a role in my life as Collis suggested it would. And that's made me quite pleased. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. I will add, I was really disappointed we didn't get to hear any of the wharf poetry that he mentioned. Like, I would love to have some poetry attributed to wharf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally, totally. Worf performing slam poetry coming <laughs> in Lower Deck Season 6. Um, so the, the, the other side of the plot, though, and the, the theme, the connecting tissue between the two plots, by the way, is the name of this episode. So... It references basically the term pathological fallacy, which is basically the error, the logical error of assuming that all members of a group share a trait, which is all of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, on the other side of the board, when the crew starts losing their minds a bit, everyone thinks that, oh, it's clearly the Betazoids who are like driving everyone crazy because they're the ones who have telepathic powers. And it's not. It's actually Talyn. I thought, so one of the reasons I really love this episode, to be honest, is the way that they showed Talyn as a less talented Vulcan in terms of, like, putting her emotions into a little box. Like, her frustration mm-hmm. when she's hitting that button trying to send the message. You just feel that so viscerally. And to say that for a Vulcan is so funny, right? Yeah, so- and I I think it's... Um... The interesting thing is that, like it connects into how I mean Bill had I mean I brought it brought it up again last time I think but uh Bill had mentioned that the uh Talyn was more or less just like straight up a Vulcan uh and didn't have sort of the distinguishing traits uh but it, it's interesting to like the only way we, we've explored like people being bad Vulcans before have been by like them obviously having emotional breakdowns that are like visible to everybody else and so it was interesting to see to lynn like was doing the same thing but not in a way that was detectable to anybody so uh it would and uh sort of just interesting to see her um i guess like like she she feels like she's uh sort of messing up in this like very unvulcan like way uh, but at least from like the audience's perspective, like we don't really detect that, uh, uh, except through some like inner tor- turmoil that she's still keeping pretty 
uh, pretty much under the surface when she's talking to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like kind of like Tapal, right? Like Tapal's performance had a lot of that in Enterprise. Yeah, that's oh, fair. Yeah. Um, so that's the other example I feel like, which was really good of kind of this very nuanced Vulcan portrayal. So I guess I'm, I'm I appreciate what Talyn's bringing to the series again. I thought this episode kind of added to that. Mm -hmm. Um. Again, though, Lower Decks taking a deep cut from some episode, Bendai Syndrome. I didn't remember freaking Bendai Syndrome existed. Uh, I've watched TNG. I know Sarek as a character. Like, I, you could not have, like, pinned me down before last week and asked me what Bendai Syndrome was and expected mm -hmm. me to know. Um, it, I, I haven't looked it up uh, uh, through, like, Memory Alpha and whatnot since then. Is it what he what he died of uh or is it just a uh something he had during some episode he just struggled with it in the later years of his life so he had okay. it in the episode sarek 23rd episode of the third season of star trek the next generation by the way mm. uh and everybody in the tng mess hall starts fighting because he's projecting mm. his feelings uh around the ship so so like i said this is literally just that's the same thing that happens here, right? The entire yeah. Cerritos crew goes insane and starts, like, basically having a naked time fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it's interesting because, like, I was expecting just a different deep cut to uh, the original series and, and Next Generation. But I, I guess we have already had, like, naked time. They're, they're not going to do naked time again No, uh, no. in this show. Exactly, exactly. Um, I freaking loved the scene with Mariner and Talyn in the cabinet yeah like kind of locked in there like super heartfelt super like you know again mariner showing her value like she is not a fuck up like she is she is definitely somebody who's like you know self-destructive and, mm -hmm. and causes problems but she is fantastic at helping people recognize their emotional needs and kind of where their the fallacies in their thinking um and I, I gotta say, like, I suppose by the transitive property, I too must be Vulcan as a motherfucker is <laughs> one of the all-time greatest lines written in Star Trek. There, you know? That whole that whole exchange was, yeah, just littered with great things. And that was the best line. But also I loved, I'm only 62 uh, years of age. And she says, you look great, by the way. And then immediately moves up. Yeah, yeah. I love those, uh, th those interactions there uh, where Mariners, you know pumping Talyn up by saying things like you are one of the most brutally efficient and distant people I have ever met <laughs> and that's a I good that. thing I love, that. <laughs> I love that yeah so I mean we we see kind of Talyn I think that's the other thing that Talyn has added here which is that we get to see her like it's not a perfect character that's been added to our crew it is someone who has some growth needed she is mm -hmm. like even she, like she's not like a, a Vulcan who's like comfortable in her feelings either. So she's not one of those like smiley Vulcans who's like accepted that they are emotional or whatever. She knows she wants to be more of like a Tuvok or a Spock or whatever, but she's not there yet. And she's learning how to be introspective. And it's kind of fascinating seeing her do that on a human ship, you know? Um, I, I think it's also interesting to, to think about like character growth wise, like to, does it make more sense for her to like the ultimate thing to be that she goes back to a Vulcan ship and sort of is is like better control of herself and, and sort of like understands why she shouldn't be impulsive or is it going to be like realizing that she can be the best Vulcan she can be but 
she needs to be it with humans uh which is maybe like getting towards a um uh i i feel like we we've like sort of explored Sarek sometimes but like one thing that we really haven't like dug that deep into besides just sort of wave hand waving things is like why why is Sarek constantly like putting himself into into like uh relationships with humans like n- not just like in terms of uh uh Spock's mom but in terms of like uh having so much interest in being with humans and and whatnot uh because he he's also shown as like being this apex Vulcan for most of Star Trek and like that's why he has so many clashes with with Spock and and whatnot and uh so I I think it's interesting to see another another Vulcan where we get to explore that side of things where becoming more Vulcan is like 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 that's possible with among humans but but this this goes to a core I think thing that you also see in some immigrant communities where you know you have the immigrant to a nation who came over or adopted some ideas of their like adopted nation but the kids have to be like super back from the home country in terms of their cultural attitudes mm. and so th- or like sometimes you'll see people who are like well I made that choice but you as my child don't get to because right. it's like. You know, um, so you have some of that too, I think, Mm -hmm. in Sarek in particular, which is fascinating. But I think you raise a really good question, though, and I really like how they're exploring this bit by bit with Talyn about, like, what being on a human vessel is doing for her, which we don't even get to see as much of with Spock. Like, Spock is shown as so perfect sometimes that we don't get to, like, see... We didn't get to quite see that. Some of it we're getting in Strange New Worlds now, Mm -hmm. uh, like with his romance arc, for example. But I think Talyn's giving us a more, like, raw exploration of that and yeah yeah with with spock it seems like it's it's more often like oh he has this disease now and now he has this disease and well i mean i guess that we did just do that same thing with uh with talin but it, it's uh uh th- this still feels like a character arc, arc for her and not just that she had ben die syndrome well and i i think part of that is with spock especially you know when you watch the original series it just can't help but feel like vulcans are, exper- are the biggest mad libs of star trek it's like did you know vulcans actually have the superpower that you didn't know about until now that would have been helpful at other times but is essential at this moment or creating this huge issue at this moment you know and that is necessary to some point when you're creating a show but there was a lot of oh by the way vulcans have you know these psychic telepathic powers and i think that part of this episode is getting to joke about the fact that vulcans just had a lot of things thrown on them because betazoids they really have one characteristic right and then this episode's like but actually remember vulcans also have this because everyone's given random stuff uh but they used it for the character arc as well and so i thought that was cool yeah and they didn't invent it like it already existed in Star Trek. I think Lower Decks, what they're doing sometimes is they're taking like things that we were all happy to have, like just stay in one corner of Star Trek and we just forget <laughs> about them, like the Beta Z box and being like, hey, remember this? It exactly. Exists. We haven't forgotten. It is real. <laughs> you have forgotten, but we haven't forgotten. They'll take it, they'll take it and they'll mash it up with other bits like that to create something really beautiful because, you know, Beta Zoids get a little, you know, like a little sexual. Well, what if... It's like a whole real housewives style thing with partying and, and yeah. yeah. And we'll add that to Talin's. Yeah. 
totally totally all right, so um, let's 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 get to the heart of the matter real quick. So first of all, one joke I have to reference is the Romulan. Like they're coming to the neutral zone, and just like every other time, <laughs> Star Trek has shown the neutral zone, the warbird decloaks <laughs> ominously. Except this time, they're all like, "Ah, <laughs> let's go lurk somewhere else." <laughs> uh, it's I, fantastic. I, I I do love how much uh, uh, Lower Dex is leaning into it, like our writing for Romians is atrocious. We're going to lean into how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not going to like make it better. We're just going to, we're going to double do down and triple time. down. Uh huh. So, all right. Well, the, the thing I did want to ask though, so Adam, you did not like the episode. Let's go into why and let's, let's explore it. Let's, let's get there. I think we're now. curious as to why. Yeah. I, I, th I, th I think that there's not like a, th this isn't like a philosophical reason for hating the episode. Like, uh, like we had with uh crisis point, uh, that where where you, you sort of like felt like the episode was bad star Trek, uh, sort of because of the, um, like ethical implications of, of what uh, Mariner was doing. I, I feel like that this one was just more, uh, I, like it, it, it felt like we were kind of jumbling a, a bunch of things together and just, I don't know. It, it felt like the show, like this episode, they knew that they had to develop to Lynn a little bit more. They knew that they had to like talk about that weird ship eventually. Um, we also needed to have like some jokes in there and it just, it, it felt to me like we just kind of threw that all into a blender and then got this episode and it, it, it just didn't, um, I don't know for for me it, it just like didn't get to that level of mm. being enjoyable uh it, it, it was sort of like I, I I acknowledge that there were like several moments where I'm like yeah that was a good line uh or like I appreciate that we learned this about the security team or like the function of like what the tactical teams are, are supposed to be doing but <laughs> I don't know it just it it the the sum did not uh uh, produce more than the or did there wasn't the more than the sum of its parts for my perspective here okay got it got it i i mean i can't argue with that because that is so much of a perception based thing all i can for say sure. is it didn't feel like that for me and i am like super hypersensitive about that sort of thing usually so like maybe it was because i watched this a little bit later at night which usually means i enjoy an episode less uh, yeah but but i i thought that they did a did an elegant job of kind of having putting Dylan in a place where she had the conversation with Mariner. I do think the Bendai syndrome thing was a little much for me, but it exists. Like they didn't yeah. invent that. It is a thing. So they used I, it. I think some of it might have just been like leaning into that so hard. Uh just I like it felt like it was a a fun little thing to have them kind of be drunken and disorderly, like for a scene or two but like having it be the majority of the episode was it got to the point of mm. being great uh, grading to me i bet if rudy was here he would be harping on about appropriately by the way so i don't mean to say harping on in a negative sense he would be talking about star trek professionalism and how nobody's listening and at that point everyone should have been in the brig like you should have had everyone transported into a brig until yeah. you could figure out what's going on or like have guards posted with the doors locked at the mess hall or something like that like mm -hmm um because yeah we ha literally had miglimor destroying a replicator like mm, yeah you know somebody's gonna stop someone uh but 
But also everyone that could have stopped him was either not there or was also being affected. True. And if the security guards had gone in, I think they would have gotten affected and not listened. True, true. See, Adam, this was the most perfect version of this episode was, that could a, exist. It was a 10 out of 10 episode. Is yeah. <laughs> the, conclude, the logical conclusion which much reach. <laughs> really, really quickly. Have you watched the and i know reed has watched it because i sent it to him have you watched yeah. the very short trek adam oh which, which is this one i i, I tend to holograms I notice them all the way down it what is it all the way down holograms all the way down yes yes okay good so what did y'all think about that one like we have to talk about this it's not canon this one was I, by I the way written by aaron walkie like... When the uh, when the shorter trek is funnier to me than the episode of uh, Lower Decks, I then like the episode of Lower Decks less. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We know. We get it, okay? We get your feelings. You have made clear how you that feel. Might, that might be what caused it, though. You're having <laughs> some it. empathological fallacies right now, and we need you to talk about the short trek. It's a solid short trek. I, I I just started cracking up whenever the first transition away from Riker happened. That was what really got me. Yeah, it, it's getting close to like what I hope the end of uh, Discovery is. Where, where... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're horrible. <laughs> uh, or I, I guess it's more Discovery the, was the, like the, a... the end of it'll it'll be the end of like a different series that that uh it'll it'll end with Michael Burnham saying computer and program and that'll be the, the final. <laughs> She's been say. in the prison <laughs> this whole time. Like nothing oh happened god. after the first episode. <laughs> Oh no! Hey, Lorca will still be alive. Everyone gets to have Jason Isaacs back. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. This was I, I was saying, Adam. Um, but I think I, I talked over you by mistake. Aaron Waldke wrote this. He's Prodigy's head writer, of course. So, like, mm. great job, Aaron Waldke. That was a fantastic short trek. Also, we didn't talk about worst contact when it came out, but that's also just. Amazing. Have you all watched Worst Contact? I haven't. The, no, I need to. Yeah, the, the, these things, like, they're so short that they also, like, don't stay in my memory at all. Yeah, okay. Well, this one I'm not going to describe because I will spoil it if I if I say anything about it at all. But just suffice it to say, it is freaking hilarious in, um, in the way that it... Like, it, it's one of those things where they, like, take this, like, thing with... Star Trek that has the potential for a lot of awkwardness and then amplify it to like 12 and it's freaking fantastic. I loved it. So very short Treks doing a great job with the last oh, two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have seen, seen worse contact that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, it was great. Good, vi good visual gags. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, we give our let's ratings. Yeah. I was going to say, let's move to strange okay. new ratings, which one of you would like to stick your neck out first and give empathological fallacies a rating. I, I mean, I guess it, it's meaningful for me to say like how much I, I dislike the episode. Uh, and it's, it's really not that much in the grand scheme of things. There, there are worse episodes that we have reviewed. Uh, but this one just gets a, it's a, it's a five. It was just, it didn't, it didn't do it for me. It's n uh, nobody's fault. Uh, it could have been that I just, I wasn't enjoying my lunch when I was having it. Uh, maybe I was frustrated that I hadn't watched it uh, early in the morning the way that I usually do when a new episode drops. I honestly just forgot that Lower Decks was happening that day. Uh, so, yeah. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four moopsies out of five. Uh, I thought it was pretty solid. I really love the way that the disparate plots came together, even the security guards coming in, um, and the the real like red herring that was the Betazoids, and the even little bits like they had partied at Angel One, which is a planet from Next Gen that's ruled by women. Uh, I thought that it did a good job of, you know, the Easter eggs that we love, but also just the way it told the main story. We didn't even talk about Ransom getting a, uh, yeah, wedgie from uh, a drink container held by that one lady and the, like, huge amounts of sexual, like, what is it? Uh, unwanted sexual whatever in this episode from the Betazoids. Apparently that's just a thing in their culture. Oh, yeah. Ransom um, says, I can be distant and unattainable. Yeah. <laughs> As <no>. he begs. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to give this episode a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. I thought, like, I was surprised by how by the end I was kind of like, wow, this is this really was meaningful and, like, kind of cool. Um, so, I, and I, I'll just hand it over to, um, like, I, th- I think a big part of that is basically how to Lynn her like part of this so like gabriel ruiz like well done acting that part and well done to the animators for doing a fantastic job showing us the complexity of her character so nine out of ten for me all right well reed and adam thank you for joining me this afternoon to talk about star trek i always enjoy the chance to do that yeah thank you thanks much of course and thank you steve from ohio for our one and only (laughs) listener for making time for us this week as well and thank you just to Guha for recording our theme music. We always appreciate hearing you strum away at the guitar. And special thanks this week to whoever captured that super grainy image from the of that ship. And then whoever in some lab somewhere was like, enhance, 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 until it was enhanced. So special thanks to them. We'll hopefully get an idea of what this ship is next week. Hopefully. All right, everybody. See you after the next episode. Goodbye. Yeah, see you. Bye.